give us some tips for remaining mindful. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that is indeed the, the crux of the problem of the practice of mindfulness is remembering to stay mindful. And I'll give you one tip. And that's whenever you remember and become mindful, try to continue being mindful. <laughs> but you see, it's, it's exactly the same thing that we experience in meditation. And as a matter of fact, meditation is the training that helps us. Um, you sit down to meditate, you put your attention on the meditation object, and the next thing you know, it's gone. You go out in the world and you're practicing being mindful of your of your thoughts and your words and your actions. And the next thing you know, you've forgotten all about it. So it's exactly the same thing. When you when you remember to be mindful, you reinforce that. Ah, thank goodness, I remember to be mindful. And try to maintain that mindfulness as long as you can. But one method that, uh, that I, a method that works really well to help you to uh, be mindful uh, is the practice of uh, daily reflection. And you begin by simply trying to, choosing specific things that you want to be mindful of. There may be certain emotional states that arise, unwholesome mental states, or it could be the practice of one or more of the perfections, but what you do in the process of reflection is once a day, you just simply remember those occasions in, in the last 24 hours when you, when first of all those occasions when you did succeed in being mindful on those occasions and rejoice in them. And then you also call to mind those, those occasions when, uh, you know, you should have been, but you weren't. And that's the reminder. And so the reason that you do that is if you do that kind of reflection regularly, after a while you will start remembering more often to be mindfulness. But also, the application of mindfulness, even retrospectively, is still effective. It still produces a result, not maybe not as powerful as a result of being mindful in the present moment, but it will lead you towards that. And so that's that's the best tip that I have to offer. And for those of you that have adopted the practice of keeping the book for six times a day, that is that is exactly that. It's a six times, instead of a once a day reflection process, it's a six times a day reflection process. And it is focused on specific uh, uh, vows that you've taken. But you could, if you're doing that, that should help you to be mindful. I mean, one of the effects that you should find from that is it causes you to be mindful in between. So, use if you're already in the habit of using the book, then you've already got a really powerful tool for helping you to become mindful. Um, I would just simply suggest that you extend it beyond simply whatever few vowels that, you know, in the daily reflection, you start off with one or two or three simple things that are your focus, but the idea is that you expand that so that it helps you to become mindful all of the time. 
helps, it helps you to remember to be mindful all the time. It's, it's that remembering part, the forgetting and the remembering. So you can use that that book as, as a great tool if you're used to using it. I could never get in the habit of doing something that often. But I did find that the daily reflection is, is really, that's a lot a lot more manageable for people like me that uh, could never remember to take a book with them or never remember to write in it or find it. So, you know, what am I going to say? <laughs> but uh, that's a very good question, Allegra, because, uh, you know, you can't, you know, you absolutely cannot underestimate the importance of this mindfulness or how it works. Um, and to practice mindfulness correctly, you want to be the objective observer. You, know, you want to see what's happening in this uh, uh, mental, physical uh, accumulation of aggregates that you are. You just want to see what's happening, but to see it clearly. And so without judgment, and without bringing I into it, you know, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or oh, I'm so bad, or oh, I'm so anything, great, bad, whatever. So the proper practice of mindfulness is is being aware of what's actually taking place and taking that awareness to deeper and deeper levels. And the important, it, it does many things, but one of the important things that mindfulness does is that it provides feedback to all of those other parts of your mind as to what the consequences are of the activities that they initiate. And I can't tell you enough times that you do not have a mind, period. You have many different mental processes. Each one is relatively simple. It has a particular job to do and a particular uh, set of criteria by which it decides when to do its job. And of course, there's, it's hierarchically arranged so that there's simple mental processes whose job is to turn on and off other mental processes. But most of what you think of as your mind, I mean, pull a number out of the arrows, I would pull the number 99% is unconscious. It's unconscious mental processes. And the only feedback those unconscious mental processes ever get is what you are consciously aware of and the quality of that conscious awareness is going to determine the quality of the feedback. So if we choose a particular unwholesome mental state to apply our mindfulness to, the mental processes that produce that unwholesome mental state have been doing so for years because their simple little program they operate on says, oh, when this happens and that happens, get angry or get sad or be afraid or, or whatever it is. And they keep doing that. And 
every time your consciousness, whenever that happens, and what is in your conscious awareness is the, oh, I am angry, that reinforces that mechanism. And then when you say, I am angry because he did this, then that prevents that any kind of association between the, that, that unconscious mental process that delivered up that emotion doesn't get the feedback that, oh, being angry makes me feel bad. Because if it did, it would be less inclined to generate anger more easily. Or if it got the feedback that the, uh, uh, the anger creates all kinds of problems, you know, but instead it gets fed thoughts that justify the anger. And so it's going, never going to change. It's just going to get stronger and stronger. It's going, to it's going to keep on doing that. All of our mental and emotional states are, they are constructs generated by some part of your mind whose job is to generate those in order to produce certain kinds of results. And what you want to accomplish is to restructure the way that comes about. So you've got to provide the feedback. You've got to look at how it makes you feel. You've got to look at the consequences. You've got to look at, uh, you've got to go to a deeper level and say, oh, this is coming out of desire. This is coming out of aversion. This is coming out of attachment to my sense of self. This is coming out of old programmed uh, uh, events from the past. When you can see that, that settles into the deeper layers of your mind, and you start finding that what happens in the future is changed by it. And that's how you, that's how you change your karma. So, to practice mindfulness is to have as clear, you want to have, you want to really see what's going on. There's that aspect of, of at not being fuzzy and vague, but to really see what it is and to uh, see it clearly, to understand it clearly. When you can, when you can see what's going on, and the clarity means what obscures it. See, clarity is the lack of obscuration, and what obscures it is all that stuff you usually do, of blaming somebody else or something else or justifying it in your mind. Or in, in other words, in one way or another, seeing it for what it, other than what it really is. Everything that happens to you, every mental event, is a construct delivered up by your mind as a result of past programming. 100% true. That's there is outside. There, there is no experience you have that isn't shaped by unconscious mental processes. So when you apply this clear vivid, mindful awareness to what is actually happening in this moment, you provide the feedback that allows those processes to change in a positive way and to begin to free you from the kinds of problems that you've experienced before. Also, the practice of mindful awareness, the other thing that it does, in addition to being a, a nice way of reprogramming the computer, you know, and uh, doing instant psychotherapy to help get rid of all these, you know, without having to go and spend hours on the couch and everything. It's 
it gets right to the root of things and makes the corrections without you having to go through so much in between. But the other thing is, as your mindfulness becomes clearer and clearer, as you are more and more seeing things as they really are, you start to discover those truths which dispel the wisdom, or dispel the ignorance, creates the wisdom and dispels the ignorance that is your problem. If you are really practicing mindfulness, you are going to be mindful of the processes by which you make decisions and you generate intentions. And one of the things you'll discover is that you don't actually make decisions and you don't actually generate intentions. It's all of those different mental processes with all their stored up stuff. That's what makes the decisions. They have different strengths and they have different objectives and so they have different points of view. So you are really more like a big executive committee and uh, your decisions are the result of you know that in a decision there's several things that get weighed sometimes, right? Well, that's what's happening. And when you think, oh, well, I've decided I'm going to do this. Well, you didn't. One of the things another part of your mind does is invent the story of who you are. And the storyteller, once the decision is made, and it happens after the decision is already made, the storyteller says, oh, I decided and if somebody comes along and says, why? Well, the storyteller makes up a story about that. But if you pay attention, you find out, you find you start to see what's happening. You didn't make the decision. The decision arose. You didn't generate the intention. The intention arose. And the storyteller appropriates it as mine. This was my idea, my decision, my intention. And, of course, something happens later on, you know, and the storyteller is saying, oh, why did I do that? <laughs> but, you know, somebody didn't attend the executive committee meeting when your decision was made. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and that happens. That's why, that's why we make decisions we regret. Everybody wasn't in attendance at the meeting. So... <laughs> so. There isn't, a, there isn't a self in there making these decisions, and you can start to see it.